Hey guys, this is Craig and I want to welcome you to the Black Sheep Experience. Thank you uh, for hanging out with me on the podcast. I really deeply appreciate your presence here. And so thank you so much for, uh, yeah, for being a part of this time and space. I have uh, an interesting conversation to bring to you today from a gentleman by the name of Blake. Now, Blake is a member of the Church of Satan, right? Um, he also has his own podcast on YouTube um, called The Demented One. And so Blake and I connected on Instagram, which by the way, that's a that's a great way to connect with me. I'm really active on Instagram. Just, you know, search for the Black Sheep Experience. You'll find me. Uh, you can you can DM me, uh, whatever. I am really good about responding and I'd love to connect with you. So anyway, uh, he and I connected on Instagram, started having a little bit of a conversation back and forth. And decided uh, that we should that we should do a podcast together, and so that's the conversation that I'm bringing to you, and uh, so I think you're really going to enjoy it. Now, um, if you want to connect with Blake, uh, the way that I did it was uh, again through Instagram, but that's kind of my thing, right? And um, he's at official underscore demented one. Um, uh, that's where you can find him on Instagram, and if you want to look, check out his his podcast. It's on YouTube forward slash Demented One, and his podcast has other Satanists. It's really focused on that idea, that philosophy, and they talk about their ideas, their philosophy, some of their practices, which is kind of the conversation that I'm bringing to you today. So I hope that it's enjoyable to you. If you don't know much about the Church of Satan, you may be a little surprised. Uh, they don't actually, they're, they're, they're actually atheists, right? Almost like hardcore uh, atheists. But you know what? I'm going to let Blake explain that to you. And um, yeah, so without uh, too much more, let's go ahead and jump into the podcast quickly. Uh, if you don't follow the Black Sheep Experience on Instagram, please go do that. If you don't follow me on Instagram, you're more than welcome to do that. Craig Hostetler, I'm pretty easy to find. I'm also on Facebook. Um, there's a Black Sheep Experience page there. Uh, I'm on there personally as well. I would really love to connect with you guys. So if you'll take a few moments, like and follow, all that, whatever, you know, the perspective is for that social media platform, just go do it, man. Just go do it. And let's connect. Um, I can't wait to uh, can't wait to connect with you on those spaces. All right, without any further ado, let's head into the conversation with Blake from the Hi, this is Blake from The Demented One, and although I am a member of the Church of Satan, I do not speak for the Church of Satan. Hey everybody, this is Craig. Welcome to the Black Sheep Experience, man. I really appreciate you hanging out with me on the podcast. Um, this is going to be a, a cool episode. I've got a, um, 
uh, a guy with me today that is uh, a member of the Church of Satan, and uh, he's a Satanist, and he also has a podcast called The Demented One, uh, where they talk about really satanic ideas or, or philosophies, and uh, welcome to the podcast, Blake. Thanks for hanging out with me, man. Great, man. I'm glad to be here, man. Thank you. It's an honor. Yeah, yeah, dude. So um, I am really interested you know, years ago, and it's been been quite a long time ago. I read um, the uh, Satanic Bible by Anton Lavey, and and I know that there's different veins of Satanism, but would that be the one that you kind of subscribe to? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, yep. Yeah. So now, I mean, I guess we'll dive into that in just a little bit. But but how long have you actually been? I don't know. Would you call it practicing or or following? How, what would you call that? Um, I've been a Satanist really is, there's an old saying that Satanists are born, not made. Um, but kind of to explain that, I'd have to kind of go a little bit back, um, kind of my childhood. Um, I grew up in, uh, the great state of South Carolina, good old Southern state, right. um, which they call the Bible belt, which I don't know how much Bible they have in their belt, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's where I'm born and raised. And, uh, my mom, uh, she was a Christian, you know, your, your typical, normal Southern Christian. We didn't go to church every Sunday or every Wednesday, except, you know, like Easter, Christmas. Um, and then sometimes she'd get a w- little wild hair, and then we'd go to church every Sunday and Wednesday for a couple of weeks. Um, and then she developed um, spine cancer. And uh, now, during all this, I still always had questions about the Bible And I was kind of that annoying kid in Sunday school, always asking, you know, the crazy questions, Um, you know, like, well, what if God was the really the bad one and the devil was the good one? You know, God was just wrote this book to manipulate us and all this stuff, you know. And um, but by the time I was 12, my mother passed away and my aunt took me in and raised me. Now, my aunt was totally different. She was uh a strong uh, Baptist Christian, Southern Baptist. So when I started living with her, we were in church every Sunday, every Wednesday. Um, I eventually got into uh, going back to where my mom went to church, was a which was a church of God of Prophecy. I'm sure you're familiar with that denomination. I am, yep. Yeah. Um, so I uh, started going there and kind of getting involved because at this time I really felt bad, I guess would be the the word to use because my mother will always try to get me, I guess, to convert, be a Christian. And I just felt bad because I never gave her that while she was alive, you know, being that young. And so I started getting involved in this church, which, and I still had all my questions, you know, with the Bible and stuff, but I got involved and the, the pastor there started asking me, you know, well, would you speak to the youth group, you know, like on a Wednesday night? So I started doing that and kind of just fell into doing that. Well, then the pastor, I guess, recognized, he said, well, I think you have a call in to preach. So um, he asked me to preach on a Wednesday. So I was doing that, and I was I was young. I was like 14, 15, maybe 16 years old. And um, so I just felt like that was just the right thing to do. And then by the time I got ready to graduate uh, high school, my aunt kind of told me, you know, I had two choices. I either, after I graduate, I could get a job and uh, move out or you know she would help me through college well i've been preaching and doing this stuff i figured well i'll just 
go to Bible college. And I uh, enrolled in World Harvest Bible College, which is uh, Pastor Rod Parsley. I don't know if you're familiar. I am. With him. Okay. Uh, started going there. And when I got there is really when I began to really, like, seriously question the whole Christianity faith and all of that. Because I just I've seen a lot of crap, a lot of junk uh, being there. And that's when I was really introduced. I, I had a guy there. We became good friends. And I would talk to him and tell him a little bit about things of how I, you know, thought. He said, well, I think you should uh, check this guy, Anton LaVey, out. Um, he's wrote some books. And he said, I think, because what you're saying kind of lines up with what, you know, his whole thing is. And he told me, he said, there's a book called The Satanic Bible. And I was like, whoa. I said, I'm, I, I'm not into all this devil worshiping you know crap i said he said no no it's nothing like that so i remember going to the barnes and noble and uh which i went all the way on the other side of town because i knew all the bible college students went to a certain one and i went up bought the satanic bible took it back to the dorm and um i started reading it and that's really where i said wow this all this in this book is kind of the way i've been feeling and, and it's just really a kind of a mirror. It's me. And um, I remember hiding, you know, under my bed because I was scared if the RA or somebody would come in and find it. But that's really where I uh, begin to read it and really figure out that's who I was. I just didn't want to call myself a Satanist um, at the time. I just wasn't comfortable with that. Uh, but I just aligned up with the philosophy. Mm-hmm. Well, after I graduated, I, I put it, you know, on the shelf and I didn't read it and think about it, went on with my life. And then there was one day I was unpacking some stuff and I found that book again and um, I reread it. And I was like, I just came to the point where I said, you know what? I am a Satanist. This is who I am. So, so that's, what that's the, kind of the story how I got there. Yeah. I mean, what were some of the things, you know, that really that you really identified with, you know, because I, I, so I read the book as well. And then there's a, there's another book quite similar to it called uh, might is right with, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with. So um, I read that one also, but I'm just curious for you. I mean, let's talk about a few of the things that originally resonated with you from that book. Well, really um, what really resonated me was that, Satanism is really a carnal philosophy, carnal religion, and it's just all the things that, as a human, you naturally, you know, naturally, are, in my opinion. And um, you know, things like you know, uh, the indulgence instead of abstinence, you know, and just enjoying your life to the fullest and not worrying about a god or a devil, and really pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps and you know, if, if you did something wrong, then you admit it. You don't blame it on a devil. You realize you did it and you correct it. Or if you do something, you know, good or uh, accomplish something, then, you know, you don't sit there and give credit to a God for it. You realize that you did that. And that really resonated with me. And um, just really just enjoying your life, not worrying about an afterlife, uh, you know, because in my opinion, no one's ever, um, you know, died literally and came back. You know, we don't know what happens after, after life. Now I know there's a lot of people out there that they claim they have and, and, and whatever, but 
personally, I, you just, you don't know. I don't believe in an afterlife. I think when you're done, you're done. And you just you enjoy your life while you're here. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not here very long. So live it up. You know, now that doesn't mean that you go out and break the law and, and do all that kind of nonsense. But, you know, in the funds of the law of the land, so to speak, you, you do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, Basically, when we're talking about Levian Satanism, what we're saying is atheist. Yes? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so no God, no devil. That's all. Right. And so in the Levian um, school, basically, uh, the devil is, what, uh, an, an image for rebellion? Or, or what is the use I, I, of that? The devil to us um, is a, really a symbol of pride, liberty, and individualism. Um, it is, you know... Um, a symbol of the one that questions all things. And, um, you know, I think that you should question all things and not take everything that you're taught. Um, and that really resonated with me too, because coming up from, you know, a Christian home and, and that was just indoctrinated with all of that stuff, you're not really taught to believe or, you know, find out things for yourself, you know, and a lot of people, especially here in the South, you know, a lot of people here, they don't, believe they don't even know really who god is or what a god is or the bible they just believe it because they've been taught you know from their grandmother or their mother that this is just the right thing to do you got to believe in a god you got to believe in the devil there's a heaven and there's a hell and never really think for themselves you you know yeah so i mean in in regards to your you know so to call yourself a satanist right or or to be a member of the church of satan for instance those are fairly bold steps that are i i think you'd agree a little more dramatic than just being a non-believer right right, right. yeah um yeah i think uh you know it, to call yourself an atheist you know right you know now in the time we live it's you know it's you hear a lot of that you know of course Back in the day, that was kind of a, a bad word to say, too, if you said you were an atheist. But the way I look at it, you know, an atheist says, um, I am not that. And a Satanist is saying, I am this, you know. But it is, you know, we, we like I said, we don't believe in a god or a devil. So it, it is basically atheism, just kind of dressed up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly the... The, the trappings of it or or the style associated with it you know it's um i don't know if, if dark is the right word because that that gives a strange connotation to it but it has a the appearance of of evil right i mean the the the, the upside the inverted pentagram the you know mostly black type stuff um i mean what is that just an appeal to to that kind of uh go ahead yeah, it, it's, you know, when, when Anton LaVey formed, uh, you know, the Church of Satan in 1966, you know, it was really, because I've heard a lot of people even in interviews ask, you know, Anton LaVey or, you know, the current high priest, Mingus Gilmore, you know, why call it Satan? You know, why can't you just call it, um, you know, just atheism? And um, Anton LaVey, he really did that to really get the attention of people too because people you know they they hate that word satan and it really it, it, i guess it keeps 
the um, people that shouldn't be involved, um, you know, especially when it comes to the Church of Satan. Um, it, it keeps the wrong people out and, and gains the right people, people that identify. Yeah, and you know, I don't, I don't mean this in a derogatory way at all. But right. he was also, you know, a little bit of a showman, and that Definitely. that doesn't equate with with phony. I'm just. Right. Yeah, right. so I don't want yeah. you to feel yeah, like it's yeah. Just he was a, definitely a showman. Um, you know, he worked in the uh, the carnival. He um, he did all sorts of things. He was definitely a showman, and I think um, I think he was the best one to do it. You know, um, that formed this philosophy. I think if anybody else, maybe during that time, they came along, they might have not had the the goods, the right stuff to do it. But I, I think with his background, I think he was the right one to do it. Yeah. So. What's interesting to me, I guess, is um, it is quite a bold statement. And at some point in time, you decided, you know what, I'm, I'm, I am claiming this. Is it just because it was, um, and, and we've already agreed it's a step beyond atheism, is it just because it's something that really did deeply resonate with you personally? Yeah, it, it really did. And like I said, when I, when I read the, the Satanic Bible um, for the first time, I just, I didn't, you know, because like I said, my background, I was always taught Satan was bad, Satanism and blah, blah, blah. But um, just the, the further I got, I just really had to come to that conclusion. You know, I am I am a Satanist um, and it just it's just who I am. It's not you know, I didn't wake up one morning and say, oh, I'm, I think I'm going to be a Satanist today. You know, it's just really who I am and it's who I've always been. Um, but when I read the Satanic Bible, it just really kind of, I guess, gave it a name. It really explained, um, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it is an interesting philosophy, I will tell you that. Um, I think that one of the, the first things I noticed was, and I can't remember if they're called the the nine Satanic rites or, or what they are, but they're similar to the, the nine yeah, the nine satanic statements. Didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was sort of one of my first, um, I guess, um, crossings with it, you know. As you're diving in, that seems like one of the things that comes up real fast. But Right. Um, so I want to talk to you about a couple of those. Um, whenever we talk about, um, for, for instance, number four, which says Satan represents kindness to those who deserve it instead of love wasted on ingrates. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to freak anybody out here with, with whenever I agree with you on things. <laughs> but, right, right. Totally but, understand. So that would be considerably different than what not what Christianity practices, but, but what it teaches. So let's talk a little bit about that. What does that mean to you? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Satan represents kindness to those who deserve it. Um, I really, I don't think that you can love everybody. And I, and I know we keep going back to Christianity, but that is what, you know, you're told is you have to love everybody. And I think, you know, it's it's really silly to think you can love everybody because if you're just throwing out love to everybody, then what value does that really place on the people that you really do cherish and really love? Um, so, I, yeah, I think it, it it's really, you know, you don't sit around just throwing love around to everybody. And, and so with hate, you know, hate, you don't hate everybody. Hate's a very strong emotion, you know. Um, I think a lot, a lot of people kind of maybe live in the middle there, you know, 
Um, but I don't, I don't think you should just go around trying to love everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and because, you know, like I said, it, it, it really, it kind of devalues, so to speak, um, the ones that you do cherish and, you know, the ones that you do cherish, um, and you love them and you love them hard. And, and I think that that has a lot more depth and meaning. Yeah. So the interesting thing for me, you know, is I, um, also grew up not not quite as far south as you but i'm i'm at the very bottom of the uh, state of illinois so okay. I, you know where i'm at is further south than kentucky for instance right so right. um also grew up pro- predominantly in the bible belt you know and um i like i'd go to my girlfriend's house on on uh sunday mornings and and you know, Jimmy Swaggart would get turned up louder, you know, for my benefit. Right. And so at some point in time, I did get quote unquote saved, got super involved and then became, became a pastor. I pastored for 25 years. So for a lot of me, you know, a lot of my podcast, um, I would consider myself a believer still. Um, well I am, uh, but I do have a lot of problems with Christianity and sometimes I get to where I'm almost bashing it a bit, which I'm okay with. I I think it deserves some of that. So for you, what were some of the things that were just, you just maybe never really did accept, but, but they became at some point in time, something that you literally had to reject. Um, within the Christian faith. Yeah. Um, really, um, what was impounded, um, of course, is the the afterlife, mm-hmm. um, the whole afterlife, the heaven and hell. And, um, you know, of course, you, you think of a place, you know, you live forever and, you're, you know, there's no sickness. There's, it's just, you know, great and peaceful. Well, of course, anybody would want that, especially when you're, you know, got the other option that if you don't accept that, um, but I think the really thing that I just reject the most was the whole afterlife thing, because the whole hell thing, um, it just, it really never made sense to me. And that was one of the big questions I always had, you know, if, if God was this loving God, you know, why would he even create, um, a place called hell, you know, and then if, if he knows everything from the beginning to the end, and, you know, why would he even create Satan in the first place? You know, I know the, the Bible talks, you know, I think he was an angel before and then he fell from heaven. But if you know everything, why even create it? It was just kind of a a system set up to fail no matter what. And that was really one of the biggest turnoffs. And the one thing I've always, you know, was even questioned was that whole theory there. Yeah. Yeah, that was probably for me too. Um, I don't know what's on the other side of this thing. You know, I, I, I currently believe that we're something more than just our physical body, but um, I, I don't know exactly what's on the other side of this thing, but it's, it can't be hell. I mean that to me, you know, and I, I had, uh, I've, I've said this a lot on my podcast, but somebody asked me, you know, once, you know, what, what is the big problem here? What, why do you have such a problem with this? And, and uh, I said, because, you know, God just can't be that big of a dick. I, I mean, he just, you know, I mean, it's just not possible to, for him to be that big of a dick and also love everybody. They, they don't go together. 
And anybody with any level of cognitive, you know, reasoning would have to say, this uh, this doesn't add up. This doesn't work out. So that for me was the thing that was just like, I, I got to leave some of this stuff behind. Um, I do try to hang on to the Jesus thing. I think it's faith. It, it could be fear. It could be familiarity. You know, I'm, I'm objective enough to, to say that. But... Um, yeah, it, it, it's a tough deal for me. I mean, was that there must have, dude? You were in this big time, so there was a point where you decided to make a break. That must have been kind of brutal for a bit, wasn't it? Yeah, you mean when I when I eventually came out to, yeah. to people? Yeah, um, I, I remember you. Way I found your show was through uh, Bishop Carlton Pearson. Yeah, um, and um, I, I, I love that guy. I, I still I listen to his stuff. You know, I love his story of how he kind of broke away from Christianity and the thought of hell and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I saw how people treated him and, you know, just everybody turned their back on him. Well, when I um, really came to the conclusion, you know, and realized that this is who I am, I didn't tell anyone for a long time, you know, um, not even really my closest friends. I just kept that because I knew how they would, you know, look. And, and I want to say too, you know, Satanism, it, to be a Satanist, if, if you don't ever want to come out and tell anybody, then, you know, that's fine. You don't have to. It's not like Christianity where you're taught you have to go and tell everybody, you know, the good news of, of the gospel and all of this. Uh, when I, I came out, I, I really, I was getting tired because when I came back home um, after college and, and uh, all that, I still had that. I guess you would use residue of, of the church boy. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody around town knew me as that. Oh, are, are you starting a church now that you're back? You know, and I would just kind of blow them off and, and make excuses or really not say anything. I really got to the point where I was just tired of it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm gonna let people know if they ask. Um, so I kind of, looking back now, I was still young. Um, and I, uh, I went on a radio show and I knew that a lot of my friends were going to be listening. I knew a lot of preachers that I've known was going to be listening. And really on that radio show, looking back, I know it probably wasn't the best way or the smartest way, but I really just let it all out and, you know, told people who I was and, and about the philosophy of Satanism. And I remember after that, man, I just, I lost a, a lot of friends, you know, uh, preachers, of course, you know, they didn't want to have anything to do with me. Um, mm-hmm. and which, which was fine. I mean, cause then you really realize and find out who your true friends are. Um, but yeah, man, it, it was crazy. And that, that's what the time was really when Facebook was, was getting really popular. And I remember I had all of these friends on my Facebook. And I remember after that interview, I would went back to my page and my friends list, like, decline like overnight and um i even had you know some people write me and tell me how disappointed they were in me how that not to ever contact them again they were praying for me that uh, they hope i wake up before it's too late you know of course going back to that fear of hell you know they throw at you but yeah it, it was a crazy time man but um i moved on and i'm i'm happy man i'm truly happy yeah, it's interesting. You know, I um, 
a few years back, I listened to a lot of um, Peter Gilmore on different podcasts and, uh, you know, really trying to dive into the satanic philosophy and, and their view of life. Which is, you know, and correct me here when I'm wrong, but it seems to me that a lot of it is um, almost based in just the the goodness um, and the brutality of life. Like, it, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah, so the, the weak do get pushed around and the strong do control. And, you know, as it is in nature, it really is with the human animal as well. And so I, I did like that component a little bit because I do see it. It seems to play out that way because I don't know, dude, you, there's just some people I'm, that you can't be nice to. Right. And I'm really surprised to hear you say that because that is what turns a lot of people off um, from Satanism is, you know, with the weak and the strong and, and all of that. So but I, it's that I'm way, don't you think? Go ahead. Don't, don't you think it's, I mean, doesn't life seem to just kind of naturally be that way a little bit? Yeah, definitely, man. Um, it's just a nature. And I think too, it, it's, it's just common sense. That's just what life is, mm-hmm. you know? And, and um, a lot of people try to sugarcoat it and, you know, going back to the God thing, they make excuses um, and use God. And yeah, it's just, it's natural and it's just common sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, it is tough. And I I, I haven't heard uh, LeVay much. You know, I don't know if there's a lot of recordings of him out there or not. So I can't speak much to what, you know, the way he spoke or the things that he said. But Peter Gilmore is an interesting character. And I think you've had maybe limited but but some interaction with him um, in your in your journey here. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, we, we've taught, um, you know, um, different times through email. Okay. Um, you know, if, I mean, I even post, I made a post today, um, because today was the 20th, uh, anniversary, 20 year anniversary of when he took over, um, the church of Satan after LaVey. Um, and he is probably one of the smartest men I've ever talked to. I mean, he's just full of knowledge. Um, super nice guy. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah, I've always enjoyed everything that I've heard him on. And I think the thing that's interesting about it, too, is um, whenever he talks, yeah, he's not the, you know, the personification of what you might think like, oh, this guy's real evil, wicked, selfish, any of those kinds of things. He comes across incredibly intelligent. And so when you listen to somebody with some intelligence talk about um, Levian Satanism, and the only reason I keep... um, saying that is because we there's so many varieties now uh, you know that are using that name but um so so is it cool to denote it that way levay and satanism um, well we just we don't call it levay and satan we just call it satanism um well, a lot of these other groups that are out there that's using um the name or, or you know we call them pseudos pseudo satanists okay um yeah um it's really it's just um, Satanism okay. codified by Anton LaVey. But I mean, I hear that a lot. A lot of people do call it LaVeyan Satanist Satanism, I guess, to you yeah. know, well, show people that you know because they are so many or a couple of other um, 
groups out there that run around calling them Satanists too. So. Yeah, well, somebody comes up with an idea and everybody takes it, you know. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's that's that's. Um, I know there is some delineation there, but even with Levey, I mean, he had some belief in a metaphysical in metaphysical properties or no. I don't believe so. Okay. I know there's a lot of spectating people say that, but as far as from everything I've read or even with Magus Gilmore that, that knew the man personally, um, you know, he was just, you know, no, he didn't believe in a literal devil or anything, you know, maybe the force of, you know, like we were talking earlier about the force of nature and, and that kind of stuff. But okay. as far as like a literal devil, no. Yeah, yeah. No, I would agree. Yeah, he didn't believe in uh, any of the, the spiritual, you know, counterparts. But for instance, I mean, you guys do have some rituals or no? Yes, we, we have um, what is called greater magic um, rituals. Um, the Really, the main three, I guess you would say, would be lust, um, destruction, and compassion rituals. Um, now, Let's just take um, destruction ritual. It's really just a psychodrama. Um, And let's just say you're really upset with someone or someone's wronged you and you just, you can't get it out of your system. You know, you're staying up at night um, thinking about it. Well, um, a Satanist would go into the ritual chamber and, you know, let all that frustration out. They might yell, scream, cry. They might, you know, put pins and dolls or whatever and then they leave that emotion there in the ritual chamber and then they go about their life, you know, and, and forget about it. Now, if say something bad happens to them, um, you know, then we don't, you know, I don't say, Oh no, you know, then it it just is what it is, but that's really all it is, is really a psychodrama. And I would say too, that, um, every Satanist doesn't, uh, perform um you know ritual it's not like a requirement that you have to do just to be you know that you're a satanist um i know some satanists that that do and then i know other satanists that think it's just pointless and, and don't even do it yeah so basically uh, you do the destruction ritual um you're not expecting anything to happen to the other person Th- that's more about you yeah it, it's more for it's really all for you to to make you feel better like I said, to get all of that frustration and, and all of that stuff out of your system to make you feel better. Okay. Um, so there was another interesting one, um, and this is from the the 11 Satanic Rules of the Earth. Looks like uh, this came about in 1967. That's also by LeVay. Um, so little little couple interesting here. Um, number 11 says uh when walking in open territory bother no one if someone bothers you ask him to stop if he does not stop destroy him so so that's pretty that's pretty hardcore man tell me a little bit about your idea or or the philosophy behind something like that well um you know destroy um could mean a lot of things it doesn't mean you know if someone um does something wrong to you go out and kill them of course that's not what it's saying it destroy can be anything if someone is done you wrong um you know and you've asked them to stop um 
and they don't, then, I mean, you could go and say, ruin their reputation. You could tell stuff about them. I mean, you could even, if it came down to it with certain legal things, you could take them to court and sue them. That's a form of destroying somebody. Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I actually, some of this, I, the, regardless of the way that it's worded, I actually agree with a lot of this, right? Because um, when it says, do not give your opinions or advice unless you're asked, uh, do not, t- that's number one. These are the Wouldn't 11. would be great for today's time? Oh, Lord have mercy. Yes, it would. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, but the, the 11 satanic rules of the earth. So, yeah, that's number one. Number two, do not tell your troubles to others unless you are sure they want to hear them. Um, when in another's lair, you know, which is um, um, a little bit of showmanship there, but show him respect or else do not go there. Um, what I what I like about this basically is as you read through the 11 satanic rules of the earth, if, if I could just put this into a, a philosophy, the idea is basically, look, you do what you want to do, right? You be happy and don't go, you know screwing around with everybody else's life just be a decent individual and do your thing if you don't like somebody then don't don't mess with them just right absolutely yeah absolutely you got it (laughs) yeah so i do like some of this because um it's basically you know and i agree i mean I don't care about most people's opinions. If I do, I'll, I'll ask them for it. I, I have noticed, you know, when a lot of people, I mean, dude, there's some people that I know that I, I, you know, the standard saying is, Hey man, how's it going? But there's some people it's like, I can't say that because they're, they're going to actually tell me and I don't care. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Trust me. I get it. You, you, you go around, how you doing? And then they, they really start to tell you how you, how they're doing. You're like, Oh crap. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't want to know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I do some, some of the philosophy as I read through, um, the satanic Bible when I did, and then much of the, the literature on the website, um, which I think is church of Satan.com. Um, Yeah, a lot of the philosophies really do deeply resonate with me. Uh, And and I even think some of the, like, uh, I don't know what Gilmore's house looks like now, but the old one was pretty cool, you know, all painted in black. um, The black house, yeah. Yeah, super interesting. I mean, do you fall into um, some of that garb? The the aesthetic... um is I guess is one of the things um, as Satanists really I guess you would say a lot of Satanists have the I guess you would call it the spooky aesthetic or the kind of the Adams family type um, yes I, I am but I don't I don't you know walk around in all black all the time you know I, I wear you know whatever I want to wear what I think looks good um, as far as you know my home me and my wife we have it fixed up to what you know what makes us happy and uh, i guess if some people would come into our home and say it's it's really spooky or you know some people might come and say oh this is really cool um mm-hmm. but it's it's really just to fit what you like um and you were speaking of um megas gilmore's home and he's actually got a black house now too um which is is beautiful um on the outside i've never been you know been in um, mm-hmm. I've just seen pictures, but, and then, like you said, LeVay, he had a, um, 
a black house. Um, and, you know, I've seen pictures of that. So, and, and I do in my home, you know, we have a, a place, uh, I guess you would call it our altar, our satanic altar and everything. Um, but it, it's in another room, you know, it's not when people come in, that's what they see. Um, and, you know, and some people, um, other Satanists might not even have an altar. You know, it's just really, it's all up to you mm-hmm. and what works for you. Yeah, so the the podcast that you do, the Demented One, is um, basically, I mean, give me a rundown on on what you're doing there. Demented uh, One, um, I wanted when I started the show, the channel, I wanted to kind of give a show where I could have other Satanists on and let you know people see what real true life Satanists are doing in their everyday life. And it's not what, you know, is portrayed in Hollywood and and movies and all of this crazy nonsense. Um, What they're doing in their life, what they're accomplishing, um, and how they're applying and using the tools of of Satanism. Um, And, you know, and then there's other shows on there where, you know, I might have a guest on and we take a a topic and we do a whole discussion um, with, you know, a third side perspective on it. Um, and I'm out actually, I'm getting ready to start a new segment on the show where I go through, I guess, and not really just poke fun at, you know, some of these mega church pastors and stuff, but kind of, uh, bring light to the hypocrisy with, you know, that's, that's involved in all of that. Um, just something a little fun, Mm -hmm. Um, but, but yeah, that's kind of the rundown, um, I've been doing it for a couple of years and, and it's the channel's growing and um, got a lot of, a lot of cool stuff in store for it. Yeah. You know, it is, a, it is kind of interesting because um, as, and I don't know to the level of which the, um, the church of Satan is accepted in our culture. I would assume mildly so anyway. Um do you still do you still get like nasty emails and stuff? I mean, what's up with that? Uh, I don't really get a lot of nasty emails. Every now and then, I'll get you know someone that doesn't even know me, uh, but sees the show. Um, you know, they'll write and tell me that I'm going to hell and 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 all of this nonsense. But what I do get a lot of is people writing asking you know how do i sell my soul to satan and i want to be rich and famous and all of this crap that's that's what i get the most of um with the show and on the facebook page is those crazy messages mm-hmm. you know and then you have to write them back and tell, you know you definitely don't get it you know this this is not what this is about um and a lot of them they're just you know they're I use the word, I guess, is, is pretty much losers, man. They, they're not happy with their life, and they're trying to, to cash in to, to mm-hmm. I guess, make their self better. They're thinking if they can just sell their soul to this, you know, deity called the devil, mm-hmm. everything would be great. Yeah, so with, with Satanism, I mean, do you feel like it is a philosophy of sorts? And, and I mean, do you see it that way, or how do you how do you view it? I, I, yeah, I view it as a philosophy. Um you know, and then also a religion, um, you know, because like I said, we do have ritual and, and things like that, but mostly I, I look at it as a philosophy and a tool. Um, Satanism is a tool to get, you know, the best out of life for yourself. 
and, and whatever works for you. And, then, and that doesn't mean that, you know, everyone is going to be rich and, um, you know, a movie star or whatever. It's, it's really what, if you're happy with your life and you're doing everything you can do to better your life and you're happy, then you're successful. You know, it doesn't mean you have to have, you know, millions of dollars in the bank. As long as you're happy, if you're happy with going to a nine to five job and you're living your life to the fullest and you like coming home to your wife and kids, then then that's all good. That That's if that's what makes you happy. Then that's what it's about. So whenever you talk about it uh, being a tool, um, tell, me, tell me, can you explain that or expand upon that? Yeah, well, when I say it's a tool like the like you were talking about the. Um, you know, the nine station, uh, satanic statements, you know, using those or the, even the 11 satanic rules on the earth, you know, you're applying them, um, with everyday life. Like you said, you know, um, don't give your opinion or advice unless, unless you're asked, mm-hmm. you know, um, applying all that. Um, and, and for most Satanists, that's really just for all Satanists, it's really just, it's just an everything thing, everyday thing you do anyway, because that's just who you are. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, does that make sense? I mean, that... it, it actually does. And I, I, I think that, you know, aside from from calling it Satanism, right, the, the, the satanic um, statements, the 11 rules of the earth, the uh, even the satanic sins with like stupidity yeah. and salopialism. I mean, right. if you could take those three statements as an individual and apply those to your life and practice them, your quality as a human being triples or quadruples at least, I think. So I do think there's actually a lot of incredible information uh, in those three particular um, pieces of work anyway. So, um, I mean, like salopialism, you know, where you're assuming that other people kind of think the way that you think. Right. I mean, it's a terrible thing to fall into. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, I mean, if you think someone's always, you know, think you think, then that's really when you you begin you get in trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and and I do, um, like you just said, it, it makes a lot of sense. I do get messages like that from people that are not, you know, Satanists, and they're they claim they're being, you know, they're a Christian, and they'll say, you know what. A lot of stuff that I've heard um, that what Satanism is, it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would never admit that to anyone else or my friends, but, you know, they write me and tell me that, too. You know, it really makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, you, you have to be open to good information regardless of where of what the source is. OK. Right. So one of the things that um, really started resonating to me is the um, uh, Siddhartha Gautama, which was the original Buddha, right? So he wasn't a god in his mind anyway, nor did he really have much appreciation for the gods. So a lot of those early Buddhist writings directly from him were really dealing with life in the here and now, not in the hereafter. And so a lot of those really resonated with me. And at first... You know, when I started talking about, hey, this is cool, this is cool. I mean, the first thing a lot of my friends did or said was, so what, you're Buddhist now? Well, (laughs) right? So it's like, not necessarily, but dude, I can can like what other people said, you know? 
It doesn't, right. doesn't make me one. Yeah. And I think, too, uh, a lot of people get caught up in the afterlife uh, thought, um, and they just really forget how to live and enjoy life here because, you know, they're waiting on something better instead of really just sitting back and getting themselves together and making their life better. Mm. So they're automatically just waiting on an afterlife. Oh, it's going to get better. And I'm, I'm sure you've heard all of that too. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, one day it's going to be great. You know, no, let's make it great now. Get off your butt and, and change if you're not happy with your life and, and do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So the responsibility issue, I think too, you kind of alluded to that earlier, which I thought was really good. The, and, I, and I think it's incredibly applicable and to those uh, out there, those those you know Christians or whatever you are listening, I think that a lot of times we're looking for God or some metaphysical force to make our lives better, where Satanism would say what? Uh, you do it. You make your life better. You do something. You change it. If you're not happy and you want it better, then you get up and do it. And, you know, that that's when it comes to, you know, the responsible to the responsible, because a lot of people are not willing to do that. You know, they want to sit around and, and want somebody else to do it for them or change. No, you have to. Hmm. You've got to do it. And that's the only way your life is going to get better. And that would be a hardcore tenet, right, of your of your right. belief system. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Responsibility. Yeah. 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 So, and I mean, is that, it's, I'm, I'm sort of double asking a question here, but um, is that a big part of, of the satanic viewpoint uh, responsibility? Definitely. Yeah. Um, responsibility. And, and like I said, a lot of people are not willing to take uh, the responsibility for their lives or their actions. You know, like I said in the beginning, you know, if, if something, they do something wrong, instead of taking responsibility, they blame it on a devil. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, vice versa, if they do something good, they, they want to give credit to, to a God instead of just saying, no, it was me the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think in addition to that, you know, a lot of people are, you know, they're praying to something um, to make their lives better. And they'll spend an entire lifetime doing that and never really take, action you know or responsibility for their own happiness yeah i think that's a flaw it's kind of like you know if somebody's sitting around wanting a job um a lot of people sit around and say oh i'm praying for a job i'm praying for well have you went put in an application anywhere well no i'm just waiting on the lord well there's your problem right there Mm mm-hmm yeah, and I think that that's a huge. I think that's a huge portion of of what I I find attractive um, about the the satanic viewpoint is because I I think that we're well. I know that throughout my um, lifespan, so often I was um, I don't know. Um, I guess. We're asking a, a higher being, the divine God, whatever, to do things instead of just taking responsibility and making those changes happen. Right. And and it, it, it breeds, you know. And you were in uh, the uh, the Rod Parsley camp. You were in it. Sounds well. I know the the um, 
First Church of God of prophecy is a, that's a Pentecostal setting, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, Straight Pentecostal. Yeah. Yeah, I knew I knew Parsley was uh, charismatic anyway, but uh, the Church of God of Prophecy have never actually been in one, but I assume mm-hmm. based on their belief system that it was a Pentecostal right. practice. Yep. Oh yeah, speaking in tongues, running, dancing. Um, you know, if you're uh, divorced, you can't remarry. You mm-hmm. know, all the the rules and trappings and everything there. Okay, so dude, I mean, you you had to have in your life or in your in your time there had people that contracted cancer or some serious illness, and the church prayed and prayed and prayed, and then the the unfortunate individual. Um, died anyway right yeah um and funny you said that oh you um, mentioned something similar to that yes my apologies yeah no i was gonna say my um mother she um no i didn't mean nothing bad about i was just saying i was i was thinking of why you were speaking i thought about this story um my mother of course she had spine cancer Mm -hmm. and i remember uh, i was young we went to church that sunday morning and uh the preacher was preaching and he said, you guys, everybody needs to come back tonight. I, I found out, um, how to he- how to get people healed, um, through God, you know? And of course, when we were going out the door, of course, you know, he grabbed my mother and told her, he said, no, I want you back here tonight. God's going to heal you. And me being the, the, the young and I'm like, you know, I would did anything for my mother, you know, to been healed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we went back that night and I was like, okay, I want to see this. Well, he got up and he was reading some scripture and he said, the way to get you healed is when we pray, we pray in Jesus name. And I remember they called my mom up to the front, like most Pentecostal churches do. And they all gathered around her and laid hands. And they prayed in Jesus name, you know, all of this. But she, she was rolled back out in a wheelchair the same way she came in. She never got healed. And I remember my mother, you know, when, Benny Hinn, I'm sure you've heard of him, oh, yeah. would come on TV. You know, he would like stretch your hands this way. God's going to heal you. And she would do all of that, but nothing ever happened. Yeah. How did that set with you, man? That that was um, really where, I mean, like I said, I always had questions, but it really kind of started sealing things before I got to Bible college. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, you know, if, if this God loves you unconditionally and he healed all these people in the Bible, you know, why couldn't he just heal my mom, mm-hmm. you know, cause she's got kids, you know, to take care of and she's a good woman. She's, you know, she don't break the law. She's, she's a great woman, but yeah, it's just like, you know what? It just really kind of started sealing everything for me. Mm-hmm. That's a big one for sure. Yeah. I, especially coming from that setting. I, I was uh, involved in that setting too. So, I was um, came up first in a Southern Baptist, and then I went to a Pentecostal, then a super strict Pentecostal, then the Assemblies of God. Um, but the healing thing was always a big deal because um, it just so rarely happened, right. you know. And after a while, you're just like, dude, I just I'm having a hard. The buy-in here is is it's fading, you know. It's fading, right? Yeah, and and I don't I don't want I, you know with with the stories and stuff in my life I don't want people to think that 
oh, well, he just um, is doing this because, you know, he's mad at God or, you know, that typical thing you hear. And it's that's further from the truth. You know, I just I don't believe in any of that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's nobody to be mad at. Right. Yeah. There. There's no one to be mad at. That's just a part of life. Yeah. People get sick, and um, you know, and and then when people do get well or better, you know, people want to think a, a god instead of you know thinking a doctor or scientist, you know, that, that helped come up with medicine or whatever. Yeah. No, I agree. Um. You, you know, and it's and it's, well, <laughs> I don't know, dude. I. <laughs> I don't know. It's so super sacrilegious, but you know, there's times when um, I've given somebody something and they've said, you know, um, well, I was just so happy, man, that that happened. And I, I, I just really thanked God for it, you know, and, and, I, and there, there's a part of you. It's like, well, dude, maybe, maybe you should thank me because I only <laughs> gave it to you. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Oh, <laughs> I, I've been there, man. I, I've, um, Actually, you know, someone, um, actually in my family, um, was hit a kind of a rough, a rough spot financially. And, um, I tried to get some money together and, and, and gave it to them to kind of help them out. It wasn't much, but it was a little bit, you know, and when they got it, all they said was, I've been praying for this and God's answered my prayer and he's so worthy and wonderful, you know, and I'm sitting there like you, like, no. I freaking gave you that. <laughs> I worked my tail off for that. It's kind of true, though, man. I, right. I, you know, and the tough things for me is I. So I still have, I still do have a connection with that with my faith, but I, I also have that same thing of like, well, wait a second, man. Let let's just be like really honest here, you know, about right. it, you know. <sighs> It seems to me like the role played in you getting this thing was another individual doing something kind as opposed to a deity getting involved. And, and so that's coming from someone who, who believes in a deity. But I still think, you know, there's a lot of fear in a lot of religions. Now, I'm most familiar with Christianity because that's what I was involved in, which is why it keeps coming up. But I think there's a lot of fear in not crediting the deity with the blessing because it's going to piss the deity off and then he's going to take it away. And, and that's, that's no way to live your life in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, people think if, if they don't think a deity or a guy, you know, for whatever they get, then he is going to take it away. Or, I mean, you can even get into the whole tithing and sowing seed and all of that. You know, they believe if, if they don't pay their 10%, um, to a church, you know, then they're not going to be blessed or, I mean, I've, I've seen all of that. Um, you know, I've seen people, so what they call sowing seed, you know, if you want a healing, if you want a new house and I've watched all that and because they're so, they're so afraid if they don't give back to, to their God, then they're not going to get any of this stuff. Yeah. And I've watched it and I've seen people give tons of money nothing happened they didn't get a new house you know who got a new house that man on the stage is who got the new house and yeah the new cars you know 
Yeah, the seed thing, you know, for, for those of you listening that you don't, maybe you're not familiar with that, there's, especially within the charismatic um, vein, there's a seed faith, and basically, um, <laughs> the seed is your money, and, um, <laughs> you know, every That's time. That's money, right? It's got to yeah. be your money. It can't be anything else. No, it can't be five hours in prayer or anything. It's got to be dollar bills, you know, nicely folded. But yeah, so uh, that's that's what that is. You you give money, um, and not to a friend or a family member. You give it to the church, you know, to the quote unquote the Lord, and then He will respond by answering your prayer, um, which never works and is honestly, man, it's disgusting. Quite frankly, I I remember, man, the first time I went to World Harvest, and. Uh, they were preaching and I started seeing people walking up to the stage and they were just throwing money on the stage. And I, and as soon as they started doing that, I said, you know, this reminds me of a freaking strip club. You're just going up to the stage and throwing money. Mm. And and they did it. I mean, just, and just by the time he was done preaching, I mean, it was on the steps to the stage. It was just totally green with money because people were going up there. Yeah, dude. We had a guy uh, in our church that went to a, um, oh, he had some kind of camp meeting thing every year. I can't remember what he called it. But anyway, they went, it was partially, they went to his church and. Dominion camp meeting. Yeah, Dominion. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So they came back and they they said, and and it, it was the first church I pastored. It was really small, man. And um, they're like, hey, man, I just got some really good news I wanted to share with you. And I'm like, yeah, what's up, dude? He goes, I gave $1,000 for a 1,000 souls in this church to Rod Parsley. I was like, okay. Well, you could have given me the $1,000. You know, it's the same, right? But whatever, you know. Yeah, so those things are kind of strange. Yeah. And it, it was funny, man. I mean, and in, in every service they would have, they would go to a Bible verse, a chapter and a verse, and they said, okay, and, and the funny thing is they would always go to Psalms, because Psalms, you know, 107 or whatever. Um, they never would go to, like, John 1, 1, but they would go say Psalms 107, verse 3. Now, God wants you to sow $107.03 seed tonight. <laughs> And you know, and I'm I'm just cracking up. I'm like, you know, why can't you just go to John one one or something like a dollar and one cent? No, it has to be the highest one up there. Absolutely. Well, of course, man. Craziest stories, man. It is, dude, and it's sad because I think a lot of people. Well, obviously, a lot of people. Um, they place their the, the entire well being of their existence, their happiness, their finances, their health. They place that entirely on God or a deity of some of some form, and never really truly take responsibility for their own life, and that's that turns out to be a really big problem for a lot of people. Right. Yeah. And I used to think, you know, it, it's the the preachers that were so selfish with the mega church pastors, you know, with wanting all this money. But then you start looking and. You know, the people, the, the congregation is just as selfish because they're given this stuff to get this stuff. You know, they're given money to get something. And I have no problem being selfish, you know, that it, but call it what it is. You know, don't don't wrap it up and, and call it a God thing. Yeah. So, you know, um, and I know I've, I've held you for a bit here, but but let me just explore a couple a couple more things real quick and then I'll let you go. 
Yeah, no problem. So the satanic view of of existence or uh, uh, or of living is absolute indulgence. Uh, I mean, if you want to be a selfish guy, you can. I mean, t- how does that work? Well, it's, it's you can indulge, but you know, it's let's just say if you want to indulge in drinking some a beer or wine or even some Jack Daniels or whatever your you know your preference is, that's fine. But just you know, when it comes a problem, as in when you do too much, I guess you would say, where it becomes a hindrance to your life, where you know you feel like you can't uh, go a day without drinking or you're not happy. That's when it becomes a problem. Um, you know, there, there's really a limit. Um, and that goes back to being responsible. Yeah. Um, you know, what's interesting. I mean, another, uh, I mean, one of my favorite writings is the nine satanic sins. Right. And mm-hmm. let me just, um, go, I'm not going to read the narrative with them, but the, I'm going to read the, what they are just one by one. So the, yeah. the nine satanic sins, which I've always thought is really good. The first one is, uh, and this is from Anton LaVey. The first one is stupidity. The second one is pretentiousness. The third one is solopialism. The fourth is self-deceit. The fifth is herd conformity. The sixth is lack of perspective. The uh, seventh is forgetfulness of past orthodoxies. Number eight is counterproductive pride. And number nine is lack of aesthetics. And I really think each one of those is is actually... really important quite frankly yeah yeah i i agree um you know ignorance you know stupidity is one thing ignorance you know you can always learn um but just don't be stupid you know Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah i agree i mean and two it goes back to just really common sense so when we talk about satanism we're talking about a way of um governing or guiding or living your life. I mean, that's really what this is about. It, it's, it's not about, um, you know, <laughs> I mean, this is going to sound stupid, but it, it's not about sacrificing humans. It's not about sex on an altar. It's not about worshiping the devil or conjuring demons. I mean, this is about, this is a, a philosophical way of living your life. Is that fair? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, it, it with the people that, say oh oh you know satanism is about sacrificing babies or whatever you know and it's clear as day in the satanic bible um mm-hmm. that no, under no circumstance would a satanist sacrifice any animal or baby mm-hmm. you know i mean so it, it's but you know a lot of people don't take the time to read they just hear what they want to hear or what the media portrays or even hollywood yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely, you know, that I lived through, so I'm probably a lot older than you, but I lived through the satanic panic and, um, you know, where, I mean, every band was, you know, sacrificing children in the studio and all kinds of stuff, you know. I just, uh, me and another guest, we recorded a show um, discussing the whole satanic panic, um, which is releasing tomorrow. Um, and I just did a whole show on that, just the craziness and the crap that went along with it. It was unbelievable, dude. It was really crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, you, I mean, every small town thought they had a, a you know, a coven of Satanists out in the woods doing stuff. So, 
Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, so real quick, man, let's talk about how do people hear the podcast or, or listen to the content that you're putting out? Yeah. Um, all you got to do is, is go to YouTube and just uh, search the demented one and um, we'll pop right up. Um, we're on Facebook, um, the demented one, Twitter, um, the demented one. So okay. it's really simple. All you got to do is on any of those platforms, just type in the demented one and it'll pull it right up. Sweet. Yeah. Um, and then if people want to connect with you personally, what's a, what are some of the good ways that they can you know make contact with you? Personally, I, w- I would say um, the Demented One Facebook page is the best place okay. um, to reach me. Um, and, yeah, that's that's probably the best uh, way to reach me. And I also, on that page, I have uh, three other guys um, that, that help run the page. But, you know, if someone sends a message or whatever for me, of course, I'll, I'll see it all anyway. So Okay. Okay, cool. So the demented one, uh, the Facebook page is is the best way to connect with you, and then to watch your content and stuff, um, just hop on YouTube and type in the demented one. And one is actually the number, not not the word, right? Right. Yeah, just number. And I, I think also if you even type in just the demented one with you know the word or one spelled out, it also pull that you know it pulls us up too. Okay. All right, dude. Well, hey, man, thanks so much for hanging out with me, man. I really appreciate you being on, and I'd, I'd love to have you back if, you, if you'd if do it. Yeah, definitely, man. I've enjoyed it. And like I said, I really enjoy your show. Um, one thing I really dig about your show is, you know, you have your your thoughts, your beliefs, but you allow other folks to come on and, and kind of share what their practices or, you know, what their uh, beliefs is. I, I really like that and dig that. Man. Yeah, dude, I think it was Marcus Aurelius who said um, – if you think you know a thing, you're unable to learn it. And, right. and so um, that's one of the things that I've, I think I'm coming to realize is there's so much I don't know. And, and I thought I did. And, and in thinking that I did, I hindered myself. Right. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Always learn. <laughs> I, always learn. Yeah. So always question everything. Yeah, so dude, thanks again, man. Hang on the line for just a second because I want to talk to you for a minute or two. Um, Okay, all right, everybody, I'll catch you on the other side of the music. Hey guys, thanks so much, man, for being a part of this conversation. I hope that it was enjoyable for you. You know, I hope that you were able to glean something from it. Maybe it is something that you find interesting, or maybe it's something that just gives you a bit of perspective. You know, there's so many different ideas and beliefs out in uh, the world that we live in today, and I always find it healthy to at least hear portions of those ideas, you know, to see which ones resonate with me. The spiritual path, uh, the path of being alive, the path of being human is quite convoluted. There isn't a way, right? Um, there really isn't. And, and we seem to be an amalgamation of different ideas and beliefs and influences Um uh, uh, brainwashings even right and, and some of those things kind of filter in and seep in and we just become this pulpery of ideas and brainwashings and spirituality that really constructs who we are so um, I think it's important to just hear people out and, and, and see which portions of their story resonate with your story 
right? Um, and that's why sometimes the labels, I think, get the labels get a little convoluted because they have so many ideas connected or attached to them that we begin to departmentalize people. Um, this one's a Christian, this one's a Satanist, this one's new age, this one's whatever. And as we begin to depart, well, what's the old phrase? If you label me, you negate me, right? So sometimes I think we departmentalize people and it doesn't allow us to hear the, um, the pulpery, the amalgamation that is them and, um, and have an opportunity to grow and glean and listen and mature from them. So once again, guys, hey, I uh, would love to connect with you on Instagram. Um, please do that, even if you're not in the mood right now, right? You're just, I don't know, dude, if I want to connect with it, just do it, man. It's a nice thing for you to do. Go connect with me on Instagram. Um, if you want to connect with Blake, again, official underscore demented one. And you can also find him on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash demented one. And uh, that's it, man. I will catch you guys next week. Done.